What did you say, Todd? <laughs> I said everything. <laughs> I said I'm optimistic to bring Scott back. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Tom Casher Shooting Academy Next Level Podcast. I want to start off the podcast by paying some bills. Here at ProShock Products, our mission is to provide American-made quality products for all your firearms. We are a family-owned company of outdoor shooting sports products, sport shooting, hunting, and defense products, to name a few. We are proud to be an American-made company since 1982 and will continue to support all your firearm maintenance needs. All right, guys. So I have some new guests on the pod. Well, one uh, well, new guest, guest. <laughs> guest on the podcast. I always do that every time somebody comes on, even though they've been here. Um, Mr. Todd Holmes and my new guest, Mr. Andy Whitley from Space Coast City. You don't something. even know the name of the I match. I don't know what the match is because they're all the same there. Everybody calls it Space something. I'm, I'm always so messed up. There's it's, only one like, Space City. Space City. There you go. Space City. <laughs> Uh, in Texas, which is one of the best matches I've ever shot. And that's why I wanted to bring Andy on. So, uh, one, not just to promote his match, because he doesn't know that I was going to promote his match, but also to talk to everybody that's here uh, about what's going on and how they're dealing with everything that's going on with the board of directors at this time. So, this isn't going to be too, too spicy. If you're here for me to talk a bunch of crap about the board of directors, I'm not going to. I just want to talk a little bit about or let these guys talk a little bit about what they're dealing with as match directors and kind of uh, hopefully some of you guys will understand what they're going through. So I'll start off with introductions. Todd, what match are you running? And uh, give everybody a heads up of kind of what what you're going to do this year, brother, and, and what when your match is, when it's coming up. Um, South Carolina sectional, it is coming up March 22nd through the 24th, and we're running it as advertised a USPSA tier two match. We had it sold out, literally sold out before the board of directors lost their ever fucking minds. And so that's what we're running it on. I guess we're starting this off spicy. <laughs> All right, Mr. Andy Whitley. Please introduce uh, yourself and tell everybody where you're from, what you're going to do for us. Andy Whitley, I am from Houston, Texas. I am the match director for Space City, uh, Primary Arms Space City Challenge is our match. Uh, oh, look at that, in... throwing in the sponsor. We're sponsored hey, by gotta, Masterpiece Arms. You got to you gotta, you gotta <laughs> pitch it in there every now and then. Uh, so matches June 7th through the 9th. Um, we are vibing for the largest match in texas this go around so we're gonna we're gonna give another match some competition that's awesome um so i think it's funny because i'm surprised todd didn't yell at me for not saying uh masterpiece arms south carolina mm -hmm. sexual since i'm in charge of sponsorship <laughs> oh shit he said that i'm like look just, we both failed delegated to me he's got the shirt on i am wearing the shirt so <laughs> <laughs> he's like dude you're in charge of sponsorship you're supposed to say that not me oh man i can um, bring my masterpiece arms out that's it there you go yeah oh. you just recently switched to uh masterpiece arms didn't you i did i bought one i i really like it it's so i'm the only one on this flat. podcast without an mpa gun that's awesome i just got the shirt i don't need to one. catch up i don't own one so oh, you, well it used to be in the background there. it's it's still here but I've, I've not been sponsored uh, nobody's calling me up for any option offers so um, <laughs> i bought mine yeah hey, okay so 
let's talk a little bit about a couple of different things. So the biggest thing for me is, well, first of all, why are you crazy enough, Andy, to run a match? That's the first thing. Because I already know why Todd's crazy enough to do it. Because uh, I actually, I still don't know what the hell's wrong with him uh, and why we keep doing this. But why did you guys decide to jump to it? Last year was your first year running a level two big match, correct? Yep. Very first time. And I, I don't know why we did it. <laughs> and you don't know why you're doing it again. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm the match director again. That's, that's <laughs> it's because nobody else wants it. <laughs> a, a glutton for punishment is what it is. That's, I think that's exactly what it is. Um, it was really exciting for us to do that. We've ran a lot of local matches. And it, it's what I told the crew. It was like, we've shot a lot of major matches. We, there's a lot of things in major matches that we don't like. There's a lot of things in major matches that we do like. So let's run a major match that we take the bad out of it and bring the good into it. And uh, and let's try to do that. And I, I think we did a pretty good job of it last year. So we'll see if we can better it this year. It was one of the best matches I had ever shot. I really enjoyed the hell out of that match. I mean, every single stage had its own little flavor, had its own little spice. It was fast, technical, I mean, it, it was it was definitely one of the best matches I'd ever shot. Not just me personally, but just the whole thing. Like, even if I would have bombed every stage, I enjoyed all of them. They were all challenging that they held you accountable for every bullet. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't a like, oh, you're cool, man. You can get a mic here. You can do this. I mean, you really had to put the work in uh, at, on every stage. And every stage forced you to move and be dynamic. And there was a lot of stage plans, even though there was a ton of forced start positions. Cause I don't know what it is about Texas. They love those. Um, but, but it was, uh, it was awesome, man. I, it was one of the best matches. I mean, listen, I was not, I, I originally only came to the match because we're friends and I love all the guys. I'm friends with everybody there. That's part of the match. Uh, I consider them close personal friends. So I, that's the only reason I went originally, obviously I've been to their locals. I know how much work they put in, but you know, first time match directors, they, they use the suck, right? Cause you're learning so much. Like there's so much, uh, yeah. There's so much that you don't see coming. And then all of a sudden you're blindsided and you're like, uh, what, what? No, we don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have staff. We don't, we're, we're short of targets. We're short of pay. How do we make that mistake? We had thousands, you know, at water, you know, all these different things happen. And your first time match director. And I remember walking up to Andy and I go, uh, how's it going? He's like, Jesus. And I was like, yeah, bro. Don't. And I said to him, I said, are you doing it next year? And he goes, I don't know. I think so. And I go, don't worry, man. It'll get better next year. I said, it's still going to suck, but it'll get better next year. And his face was just like, what in the hell's wrong with us? Uh, the only thing that's going to get better is we have a lot of the stuff now. I mean, it was, it was as stupid as, as nails. Yeah. I mean, it, it was that <laughs> stupid. You're like, okay, I'm out of nails and we're going and running to Home Depot and buying nails at the last yeah. minute because we're out of nails. Yeah. It's just crazy. Todd, did you order those yet? Actually, I ordered them earlier today. <laughs> so this is the thing. Todd has, uh, he's done, I don't know, three or four of these now. This and he's the fourth. fourth one. But is this the, you've ran two of them by yourself. This is the second year or third year? That you're third year running it by myself. So well, third I don't year, ever run it by myself. The third right. year, I'm solo match director. Right, right. So third year, he's in charge. Let's just be honest. He's in charge of it. Third year. So that's the thing. He's had three years to get all this together, and he's still short of shit, right? So it's just <laughs> like, you know, stuff oh. gets thrown out throughout the year, bent and messed up and thrown away. But that's the thing is like, who would have thought, hmm, I need to put on my list nails. Like, that's important, right? And then you're standing there, and, every, and, and 
none of these ranges are close to any stores. So like Andy, yours isn't anywhere. Todd's is far away. Like it, there's nothing. So it's like, if you don't have this, I don't remember how far home Depot is only. Yeah, I do. I just kept every night last year at that match. Um, it's just one of those things where as a match director, you don't see it coming until it hits you. And then you just write it down. You're like, all right, cool. Next year that won't happen. You know, we'll, we'll add it to this and add it to that. So, but the biggest thing that I noticed and the reason why I think your match was so successful, in my opinion, just, you know, from the outside looking in is, and, and this is why Todd's match is so successful. You guys are both very good leaders. You know how to communicate and delegate very well. Todd's getting much better at it, sometimes overly delegating, um, <laughs> which is good because he needs to. He's got too much on his plate, to be honest with you. Uh, but both of you have very, 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 very amazing core group of guys that help you um, and women, obviously. So you guys have a core group, and I can see a massive difference in your matches that I go to that I'm involved with, then I go to see other matches that I'm like, oh yeah, this, this isn't a core group of guys. This is just a bunch of dudes that are just helping hammer nails mm -hmm. and, and they're not taking the extra effort for their friend. Right. Or, or going outside of that, just put it up and get done with it. Kind of like, no, 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 it needs to be perfect. We want this to be perfect kind of mindset. And and that's the way both your crews are. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, I would agree with that. Yep. hundred percent. Well, yep. Yeah, my crew knows I'm a little OCD. So they're but, definitely mean, there they even i've got them trained to when we're, we paint our walls black i don't know if you do andy but we paint ours black and they know on match day when we're doing the final prep they will be painting spots that they already know i'm gonna bitch about i'm <laughs> like yes i got you guys trained good <laughs> we have a fantastic touch-up painter Jeannie will go around and, and touch up and she carries like two or three cans of paint so it's like i told them before the match started i said i want everything I want it beautiful. I want all the netting properly. I want all the walls. I want all the steel. And Jeannie was running around with cans of paint and she was touching up this and touching up that. So she did an amazing job of the touch up. Not even have to tell her to go do it. That was the great part <laughs> about it. I don't think people realize what it's like to, uh, or, or just the feeling it is to walk onto a range and not have trash everywhere, have the match, all the walls facing the right direction, not having an orange, blue, and green wall on the same stage. Uh, you know, I don't, I, me personally, I wouldn't care if they were all the same color, but I would be very irritated if the walls are turned the wrong way. I get very irritated if the walls aren't all the same color, like on the same stage. Like if you get have a blue on one, orange on another, green on another, I wouldn't care, but don't have it. It just looks like, trashy when you just throw all that stuff together right like having a bunch of blue and white barrels mixed together always bothers me it's just like a visual thing where you're like so we oh, know what to do care. to piss you off this year well it doesn't that's piss what i was gonna off. say no no it doesn't <laughs> piss me off it just it looks unprofessional right like and i've always been a quality guy so it's like if i'm involved i want it to be the highest quality available even if it's something that someone else doesn't care about i would care right and that's what makes that's what separates the matches in my opinion Right. I mean, we even went to the extent of once everything was set up, Jim ran around with a five gallon bucket of paint and his airless paint sprayer and we painted all of the barrels. They were jet black. Yeah. So, I mean, we even went to that extent just to make sure that everything, when people walked on the range, it was, everything was set up. It was like an immaculate stage and you walked onto it and shot it. Yeah. This is the first year we painted ours. We always um, shrink crap on with the black before that, but which, I got a plenty of complaints for two years from ROs because you couldn't score it well. I'm like, fine, we'll go through the extra and do it. And for me, it was 
I've been to a few, I came from IDPA, worked a few IDPA majors, but the first USPSA major that I went to, Randy Gamble, ran down in Georgia. Tom, you probably were there. I don't know if I'd met you yet, but it was an all Ipsic targets match. But the thing that got me, everything was black. The walls, every, the fault lines, I think, were a different color, but the walls were black. The barrels were black. And it just presented so much better than a local, a 10-stage local having it all black and all look good. I'm like, okay, that's, and I knew at that point, that's how I was, that lucky David and I were running the match. So I talked to them and they're like, yeah, we got to do this. I think I think the key to a black, having everything black too, is it's a very obvious, uh-oh, the guy shot through the wall because wood's brown, not black. Yep. You shoot a wall and it's brown. Well, guess what? Whatever broke off was brown. <laughs> the inside's brown. It's not obvious. And even if the wood disappears, you can easily cover it up with black duct tape. And it and the black duct tape actually will work as a, almost as a piece of wood. Now, if it shoots it through there, now you're like, all right, cool, it's still squared off, right? You, you're still going to give the same presentation for the shooter. You don't have to replace the wall or a piece of wood in the middle of the match. There's a lot of benefits to having everything black for sure. Barrels, I don't know how you would ever do anything but paint them black. You paint them white, yeah. you can't tell. Yeah, black no. gives you an instant blue streak or a mark. You can really see it. I mean, it's the best way. So it makes nothing but sense to put all your walls black. But the, the thing is, is it just takes a lot of effort to turn that brown oh, yeah. piece of wood into a black piece of wood. It doesn't yep. do it by itself. And that's where you, you got to have good staff and people that actually care about your vision as a match director. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we made sure we used all blue barrels. So then when we did paint them, you could tell if the bullet skimmed it, yeah. if it went through it or anything like that. And then all you had to do was touch up the spots. Yep. I mean, we made sure of that. You guys uh, had a lot of barrels too, like in very good places that were definitely in the danger zone of getting hit. Like you, mm -hmm. it was important to watch those. And I noticed that the staff did a really good job. Uh, I, I, I helped a couple of times where I was like, I got it. And I ran down and painted it black where somebody would nick it or something, because it was just, you know, you know, you, it's just one of those things where those barrels, if you let somebody, one guy get through then two, three, four, five holes. Now all of a sudden who's shooting what? So you got to, right. You really got to stay on top of it, but that's why it's so important for the black, the the black barrels because now it's easy as you're standing at yep. this, you know, the stage. You can say, "Oh, I see some blue. We got to clean it up," um, and it makes a big, big, big difference for sure. Did you um? So I'm I'm super interested in how much stuff did you have to buy this year or last year, Andy, uh, for your match? And then I I'll do a two part question: How much did you have to buy this year? now that you already you know busted busted your budget on the first year <laughs> well we we blew our budget last year oh for I mean, sure we we actually went over what we brought in and not much over but we definitely didn't make very we didn't make any profit that's for <laughs> sure we had to buy swingers we had to buy the holy mics we had to buy everything and i when we decided to do that i was like okay we're not using old janky stuff we're gonna have new stuff and, uh, and I wanted the holy mics. I love the holy mics, and I wanted them on my stages. So definitely working with Jason and pulling all that stuff in and getting all that. We had to buy those. We had to buy a lot of target stands, which we didn't have enough target stands. That we, we only ran locals. So we're not used to building yep. 12 stages. And that was a huge ordeal, uh, getting all the target stands. Luckily, what about wall stands? Well, luckily, and I don't want to say luckily because it's unfortunate that a club goes out of business. We had a club go out of business near uh, us. So we went in and we bought everything from them. We bought their walls, their wall stands, their target stands. We bought everything they had. 
and and luckily that was enough to get us through this. But it was a it was a huge investment from the club, and I mean we we scraped some pennies together. And I got go back to nails. I would have never thought that I would have spent thousands of dollars on nails. Yep. And every time we were turning around, we were like, oh, we need another box of nails. Oh, we need another box of nails. We need another box of nails. Uh, it was just crazy. But this year, uh, we I don't know that we'll buy anything to be honest with you. Oh, you will. Anything to get what? You will. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. I, I See, you, you know those snails? The what? Those nails you're talking about, they get bit. People throw them out. They pound them. I got, a, I got a great nail straightener. That's all Scott does. He's a squirrel, and you can say, Scott, straighten up all those nails. And he will straighten up every one of those nails before we even start setting up. That's hilarious. He's already bought him a special vice and everything. So. That's so awesome. We're seeing him in South Carolina. Oh, yeah. He's a nail straightener. Yeah. listen okay. you don't I, want him I, doing I, any other kind of job he might break something that guy he is the hammer he is the hammer and the nail all in one scott is definitely the man 100 percent awesome he's a trip so, so i hope we don't have to buy and we we still have a half a box of nails that we didn't even use yeah like, look at there so so todd what did what did you buy this year um so far i mean this will be the year that i probably have to buy the least just because it's the third year that it's been at the range book, we are fixing the walls, but that's more of a club thing because there's IDPA, USPSA, and PCSL that all shoot the hell out of those walls, even though they say USPSA is the worst, but I'll argue that. But anyway, that's a whole other statement. <laughs> we just shoot the walls so, really, really fast. We just shoot yeah, the walls really, really fast. That's all. <laughs> I mean, this year it was nails because at the locals and at the regulars, we use the 44-inch um, wrecking bars that we just cut a V into to pull the nails out. And our wall stands, we put in the other end and literally just wobble it back and forth. So we've been the hell out of the nails doing that. So I spent yeah, so, seven So, Andy, his, just to give you kind of an idea of what he has to go through for his range, Todd has to dig down about 6 to 12 inches into rock before he can get to hard ground. And then... They put the nails in. Then they have to cover the stands be with the rocks just for safety because, you know, somebody will trip in and it's a big hole. But then when you go to get them out, it, you don't dig them out, right? You just use the wall or the crowbar to kind of wiggle it, and that's where the, the the nails get bent a lot. So I guess Scott probably should. Dude, we can offer Scott uh, a free slot. If he wants to straighten nails at the end of the match, no shit. he can come on down. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you gotta buy a vice though. You gotta have him a vice so they can work. Uh, on we'll it. just give him to mail his. It's fine. We'll get. <laughs> that's, that's a little crazy. I was gonna ask you if you had red clay down there or what you were because we yeah, have a, they they call it a muck and it's uh the it doesn't rain here in Texas and when it does yeah. it's all nasty and slick but in the summertime it's super dry and it's like driving a nail into concrete. Yeah. And uh, and I remember the the days of swinging a hammer and putting those things in there. And then when we got that automated hammer drill and we were driving them things in there, there's still times that it that it pauses the nail and you're just sitting there da -da 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 yeah. trying to get it to drive in there. Yeah. So we're I mean, used those... to a little bit of hard ground, but normally they come out relatively easy. Yeah, yeah. The shooting sports innovations literally saved everybody's because I we set up like that too, and we'd be there. Literally, we would set up the day before, and that's what would kill you, is the driving the 50,000 nails in for each stage for yep. the locals. And then those came along, and it's all of a sudden like, and it saved us two hours on setup every time. Yep. Literally two hours by driving nails in. Yep. And my forearm isn't cramping. 
Oh, I know. You're like, oh, I got to use my left one now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then you're stranger. supposed to go shoot after you put those nails in. Yeah. yeah. That's why uh, we set up on Friday, and then we have Saturday off, and then we shoot on Sunday. For okay. Our well, you're not in the Bible Belt, so you can do that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Todd, they don't do matches on Sunday at all in uh, North Carolina or South Carolina. Me, I'm from Sunday. North Carolina. I know. I know. I know. I know. We started... Uh, when the matches first started under Ryan Flowers, we did it on whatever the fifth weekend day was. If it was Saturday or Sunday, that's when it was. Our Sunday matches had 35% less attendance than our Saturday matches. Wow. Yeah, it was just, it is insane. Wow. There's a lot of matches around here that are on Sunday. I mean, it's 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 either Saturday or Sunday, but it's probably a 50-50 split, and they're all jam-packed. Yeah, all yeah, the matches still- here are done. All the matches here are Sunday. Yeah, and our Sunday, we have still challenge on Sundays, and they run it in two sessions, an afternoon and a p.m., and that originally started, so people that wanted to shoot it could go to church and come out and shoot in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah, yep. it's, no, no big, it's not no me, joking. but it doesn't mean it's not right for other people, so. Yeah. So let's talk about staff boys. So I want to, I know Andy, you got some questions for Todd. Uh, that's another reason why I was glad to bring you guys on together. Um, well, you so, act like we haven't ever talked before. Well, no, but, <laughs> but we're talking, we're talking about right now when it comes to staffing and cause he, Andy asked me about how the hell you were running a match in half a day. So I was like, all right, man, this is the perfect opportunity. You can ask him on the podcast. 10 stages in a day. It's not just, I mean, six stages in a, in a half a day is easy, but 10 stages in a half a day it's called staff and as money Tom money, can, <laughs> money huh? and more money and mm-hmm. money and more money that's how oh, you yeah do it. because you are paying money for uh, the staff for that it's called having four to six people per stage depending on what it is and this year we really looked at the numbers more i think than the last because we just kind of guesstimated it but we really looked at the numbers this year and planned to have less activators, but I think we evened it out by having a lot more steel. So. Yeah, for sure. But so we've only got four activators, and um, Jason Wood. I'm interested to see how this one works. We've got a brand new activator coming out for that. So which one? What you got? Tom. Tom can tell you. He's talked to Jason about it's, it. So it's he called got the it butterfly us. swinger. What? So imagine what a butterfly does with its wings. And then imagine that on a swinger. A, a but, be, swinger but the that. target will be facing you. <laughs> you won't be, it won't be high sideways or anything crazy <laughs> like that. It'll actually be able to be shot. But uh yeah, he's listen, I, I love Jason, man. That guy's he's very innovative. He's got a got a lot of great stuff. So I mean, before we get off it, Jason's Jason Wood from Target USA, we'll talk real quick about Andy used nothing but his activator system to where every all the steel wasn't. It wasn't dependent on the cable connected to the steel. The steel fell, hit one of his activators, and every I never saw a single calibration when I was yep. shooting, and there was steel and activators everywhere on that match. You're talking about those rip things? Yes. yes. Love, them. Yes, we've Love got, those things to death. Yeah, yep. we've got a bunch of them. We didn't use – we're going to use a lot of large poppers, but we you can use those with small poppers, whatever. And you have the ones that are on the stick – where yeah. eight inch plate will fall on it and you yep. just yeah those are the easiest to reset and by far he called them his idpa reset system we <laughs> use those all the old guys, we, didn't but, use, we didn't use those in the major match but we use those for the local yeah we use those for the locals and i think 
I'm going to work them in on a few of our stages where we've got some activators just because they're so easy to reset. Oh, I think yeah. we only have four activators, I mean, four moving targets. And I've got two of those, so we can do that on two of them, but they're just so easy to reset and it saves everything. Because he's got a new activator we shot it in, in Vegas that activates through a port. Yeah, he asked. Oh, was so. Yeah, he wanted me to add that to my match, and I'm like, bro, this this thing's already designed. Like, you know, you got to start a year ago for us because we start working on this stuff super early. Mm -hmm. But I was like, we can put it in there, and I'm like, I'm not changing the stage. What's this? What's this, this we? Stuff. Is that what you're going to say? Tom? Oh, and he said my match. Did you catch that, Andy? <laughs> did I say my match? I didn't say my match, did I? I didn't say my match. You guys are full of shit. <laughs> I'm throwing the challenge flag out of that one. He might have. He. I might have said it. I am a. I am. I am the match director. Co match director. That I finally got off the tramp stamp on the jersey, so I feel like I'm working my way up a little bit at a time. Todd literally put me on the bottom of the jersey last year as a major sponsor of the match. Did all the vendor stuff, and then he put me as a tramp stamp hidden underneath everybody's magazines. It was awesome. Like right, on right on the belt right on the belt looking at everybody's crack. ass looking that's at everybody's right. ass yeah, right exactly. the butt that's awesome. the zone that you want to see <laughs> so i hate to tell you there ain't nobody checking out the asses in our sport there ain't many good looking ones i'll tell you that right now <laughs> no so um so for staff uh obviously so the, i mean i guess the big answer on that is is that you just have way more staff right like you well, how many staff, staff do you have andy and... in your per squad what are you using per squad so it all depends, like Todd said, depends on the, the stage. And we were running anywhere from two to four. We had some yep. stages that had two on it, some that had three, and some that had four. Uh, but we were not doing a staff reset. And I really wanted to do a staff reset this year. But it was just it's, like putting it together and figuring it out. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to have 80 ROs or 80 staff that, that are out there. I don't recommend I also, it, dude. I spend – probably 15,000 just on staff. I mean, for the dividends, the jerseys, the meals, um, the stipend and the staff price table and stuff. I mean, it's an expense, not a lot. I mean, it is a huge expense and I don't know if you have to pay your range, but Belt and Gun Club just lets us have it. And as long as we don't lose money, we're good. So a lot of matches have to pay the range too. And that's really into the yeah, staff reset. We pay the range at Wallace, but we get the whole range. We we run the range. It's our range from Sunday to Sunday. So we have full access to everything, even the the 100-yard range, the 400-yard range. The yeah. pistol, we have everything, the whole thing. Uh, so that's that's super nice when you can manage the whole range like yeah, that. Yeah, but that's like a five – well, I'm not going to make you say, <laughs> but it's – it's I know it's – I know from past experiences talking to other people, it's like a 5K bill right there. Mm. And you can, yeah. yeah, so. It's definitely a cost. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's great that you can put on the matches, but it sucks that you have to pay that too because there's other ranges that did that and do that in this area too. They'll pay a per head count or a per whatever. So when you rent the ranges out. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't even really understand about staff reset is, if you don't pay a range, the money comes from somewhere, right? So like in, in yeah. Belton's in Belton's area with Todd, and, and he's a big part of that club, not just the club, but also the actual range and volunteers many, many hours to that range <laughs> um, that 
if you don't have that expense, you can take that expense that you would have had and transfer it into staff. So this is something that, you know, this, this has become a topic that's kind of died down a lot because of all the stuff with the board of directors and all the other drama that's going on. So a lot of people really haven't been talking about what it takes to do staff reset, but it's funny because when the guys actually come out and see what uh, just a little touch of what has to be done for staff reset, they, they go, what, are you serious? And I'm going, yeah, why do you think I'm not a fan of staff reset? Cause I'm not looking at staff reset as a shooter. I'm looking at staff reset as a match director or someone who would be on staff reset, having to paste and reset steel a thousand times. Uh -huh. It wears your staff down to nothing to where they no longer want to be staff because everyone else just goes, wow, this is great. I'm just going to be a shooter. Cause I just want to keep watching and shooting. I don't want to work. So there's no yeah. rotation system. It's not like one year a guy's going to bust his ass and staff and the next year he's going to get it off because somebody else will pick up the slack. No, the guy who slacks is always slack. <laughs> he's not a volunteer ever. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's it's why I hate staff reset. Now, I could care less if staff reset was about my shooting or it's that doesn't bother me. I don't mind pacing. I don't mind not pacing. It's just the fact that I know what it takes to execute that. I've been dealing with this with Todd for two years and I don't even deal with it. I just talked to him this year. I told him straight up, no staff reset, dude. If it was up to me, this would not have been advertised or done as a staff reset because I knew what was coming this year because the way last year went and how everybody wanted to go and do the vendor stuff and be a shooter. I knew this year was going to be a lot harder to get staff. Yeah, and it is, but, and the BOD, didn't do anybody any favors on that either because there's a little bit of division there and that's one of the reasons that i am staying uspsa tier two match also is because there are some people that i guarantee would drop out of the staff and not work it and then on the flip side there's some people that aren't working it probably because it's a not a hit factor match so but we also lost two key squads this year one just because they have worked it the last three years and they want to go be a shooter. No way. And I think I just said that. That's I know. <laughs> and there's one that because I'm running, a, they weren't running a local match. That's on the same weekend that I always have mine and they are running that local match now. So they're going to go run their local match down in Georgia and then they're going to come shoot it on Sunday. So, I mean, there's eight, four to probably six to 10 people that we lost just in those two instances right there. So, so before we move on, I just want to give a huge shout out to Scott and the, and everybody that helps him in, in Georgia, another amazing group of shooters and staff and people that help down there reminds me a lot of Andy and the way Todd do things. They, they just have a core group of people. And I'm telling you, when you meet groups like this, you realize there is a common denominator between all the best clubs in this country. And it's all that they have a great group of people. They have one good guy or one leader that kind of listens to everybody. They all put it all together and somehow magically they put these great matches together. But when you have one person who thinks they run the world and doesn't know shit and doesn't listen to people, huh? Wink, wink. If you haven't noticed, it's all over the place in this sport. You have to listen to other people. There's other people with expertise and ideas and, and different ways to do it. There's always got to be one dude in charge or woman, whatever, but you got to understand that it's, there's so many ways to do this. You should be listening to the people that actually run good matches and do this stuff really, really well all over the country. I mean, Andy, that was your first match, bro. And 
nobody as a shooter would probably have seen all the things that went wrong. I did because I've been in your position. I understand what you went through. I, I've seen a lot of what Todd has. I've got to watch Todd grow for the last two years as a match director and see all the stuff that he had. To, last year was definitely the worst. He was injured adding Wi-Fi without really having it set up early because, you know, everything was kind of last minute. Then it didn't work. It did work and all these different things. So I see a lot of that stuff because I, I see from that side of the world. But as a match, I saw everything was great. Like, it looked awesome on the outside. But people don't see the inside stuff, the, the yeah. shit that everybody's running around with the chicken like their head's cut off, trying to finish nails, fix walls, fix this, so the match doesn't have a hang-up. Yeah, you just don't see it. Something I think it's snafu was Friday. To be honest with you, so that was the first day that actual shooters came in because the staff shot it on Thursday and then shooters came in on Friday, and we had a we had an old matrix squad matrix pop up. Right. So it was different than what was in the matchbook, and there was some confusion of where people were supposed to be. Once that got ironed out, everything ran smooth. Saturday and Sunday was actually relatively smooth. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah, it's it's amazing. Once the first shots are done. I'm like, I can't change anything now. Because <laughs> the first shots are off, you know you absolutely can't change anything, then it's a bliss for the rest of the weekend for me. Once those first shots are done, you're like, okay, I'm at the point of I can't change anything, worry about anything. It is what it is. Deal with it. Yep. This is awesome. Yep. I totally forgot about this. So, Mr. Andy Whitley and Mr. Todd uh -oh. Holmes. What's it like to have to throw a stage out at a major match over oh, RO after RO mistake? I'm interested because you both had the same exact thing. All right, now here's the crazy part. The same thing? Both Todd you, had the same thing? Yes. So both of you, both of you probably lost your two best stages because of that. And it was both because a target was put up wrong. So since this story really has never been told, Todd... What is it that what, obviously we we know the target was put up wrong or whatever? What is it that it took for you to have to throw that? I mean, at that point, you really didn't have much of an option, right? No, there. I mean, for us, it was up for seven out of ten squads on Sunday, and I couldn't isolate it to when it if it was up wrong on Saturday. We knew it was correct on Thursday and Friday because we used the same target. Saturday there were two changes, and on Sunday. It was a seven out of ten squad shot. Just logistics. Even if I could have said it was only Sunday, logistics. I can't have seven squads reshoot on a shitty ass rainy day. So it was just like, no matter what we do, it's gone. So and it was the worst feeling in the world. Never want to duplicate it again. Hence why we're doing no hard cover, only no shoots and brown. You can still screw it up by putting the no shoot in the wrong spot. Ours, was a, ours was a no shoot. Yeah. We had a double stack with a no shoot in the middle. And when they did the target change, they didn't put the no shoot there. They should have never taken the no shoot completely off because what? the way we had it stapled, yeah. all they had to do was pull them in and out and done. But luckily, luckily ours was not at the end of the match. Like yours was apparently ours was yeah. on Friday. We caught it at the end of the day, Friday. So everybody had already, we shot it and everybody had shot it Friday. And then the super squad happened to be coming through and one of the ROs was like, there's a target missing. And as soon as he said that, my heart dropped. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And uh, and it was just like, that, like you, Tom said, that was one of our 
I, I love that stage. We're actually going to bring it back. It's not coming back this year, but it will be back. Uh, <laughs> I thought about bringing ours back this year. <laughs> I wanted to skip a year. We thought about putting it in this match, but it was like, no, it's too soon. So, uh, but part of me wanted to know who did it, and part of me didn't want to know who did it because it, it was just like, I, I know it's an honest mistake, but still, it was a dumb mistake. So was, also, yep, too let's, simple. Let's talk about the differences in what happened. So in in uh, Todd's match, not mine. I don't do anything with it. <laughs> in our <laughs> Todd's match, I want to make sure I'm 100 percent clear from this point on. Now, in Todd's match, um, that staff had been there the entire time. Yours, oh. Andy, was from a traveling RO staff at that point, mm -hmm. right? So that that one's a lot harder. So that's, that's something that we talked about a little bit after the match or during the match that I was like, man, traveling ROs are tough when they do changes because they don't actually know the stage like they would if they own the stage as a staff. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that, that's always what makes it tough. Um, I don't know. It, also highly experienced ROs should know to take videos and pictures of their stages so that yeah. they can go back and watch those videos when they put everything up unless they can guarantee what it is by memory, but you can't guarantee by memory. I'll tell you why I know that because the longer you're there and the more you're calling alphas and Charlie's and deltas and Mike's, the Brown just starts to look like a big Brown blob. And then you forget things. It's just how it works. You get tired. You mentally lose focus. The last thing you're thinking of is, did I put all the targets up? Is the target in the right spot? Did I put the hard cover up properly? So that's why it's so important that you have video and all those things. And you just go right back through that process to never make that mistake. Right. And yeah, what and we did because of that, uh, the core staff, when we did target changes, would we would divide and conquer and go around to all the stages and, and verify what was going on. Yeah. We, not that we don't trust our ROs. I mean, they helped us out immensely by changing the targets. All we did was just run through the stage right quick and say, yep, this is good. Let's go. Yeah, that's, I, I, I don't think that's a bad out. thing. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's, uh. it, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, especially for your first match to go around and kind of do some double checking, uh, you know, and that kind of stuff. So again, that'll get easier. The more you, the more you deal with staff. So, and if you have the same staff that helps, I will tell you one thing about dealing with Todd's match um, and how he does things is he, they're very good about pairing up their staff together. They kind of have an idea who works together. Some people request to work together and you kind of know their crews. Like, so, like George is a great example. They tend to always work together. They're super smooth, super easy. They're literally like a machine. Six of them go left, six of them go right. Stage is done, they're off, right? It's just, that's kind of, they just know how to work with each other. They know how everything goes. And they're, they're very, they kind of make a plan from the very beginning. So it's very organized for those kind of guys or yeah. those, those people in Georgia, but it's for me, you know, I don't do the staff. That's one thing that Linda's done from the beginning. And it's, I, I dread the day when I have to, because pairing everybody up and doing that, it's, that takes a lot of work. And yeah. she works through MCRC and knowing people well enough and the requests, she generally gets a spot on, like you said. I think yeah, you have Jim, to know your staff. I think it's so crucial. Yep. It's so Jim, crucial. The, Jim does our staff, and, and that's a perfect example, Tom, because Jim ROs matches all over the place. He goes and works them, and he understands it, and, and he's, he knows a lot of the ROs that are coming in. So he knows who works together. So he was in charge of staffing, and he, he laid everything out, and it was perfectly done, in my opinion. Yep. How, how did you feel with um... – how, did you feel like you were short on staff this year, last year? Are you higher, better on staff this year? Were you able to uh, sweeten the pot to get more people in? Did you have to? Did you have a good package last year? 
I mean, did you have any, I guess the other thing is, did you have anybody kind of do surveys or anything to ask the staff how they did or how they felt? Did you not get a survey? I wasn't staff. But you you were a shooter. You got a survey. Oh, I don't, dude. I think I talked oh. a lot of shit on that survey just because it was to you guys. I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> he always says he always can tell which one is Tom. Even I, think if I, was, don't know, I think I was. I think know. I was. I think I was pissed. I didn't beat Max Leagranis. It was the worst match ever. <laughs> it was funny because I talked to a lot of people at that match, and when we sent the survey out, and we got a lot of feedback. But I knew from talking to a lot of people. They put the exact thing, same thing, almost word for word in the survey. <laughs> so I knew exactly who it was That's funny. Uh, when we had it. But we got a lot of feedback. We had, I don't think we had staffing issues last year. Uh, I think we had enough staff. It would be nice to have a few more. There, it's always nice to have more than, than not yeah. enough. And uh, so it would be nice to have a couple more. But uh, I think we did very well with what we had. We had a good division. Uh, like I said, we had two to, two to four on each stage. Uh, depending on the complexity of it, and uh, and I think they all did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I thought everybody was super nice. Um, I, I but I, you know, I've been there a couple times and shot with you guys. I've shot, I've done a couple classes there. Um, hopefully Jim will answer his phone and call me back. I don't care. I don't care that he's actually got a job. He needs to call me back. I'm trying to make some, trying to put a class together. I have a bunch of people asking, and he's so selfish to not call me back. But um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you guys have a lot, you have great, great staff there. Like I, I remember walking around like the, um, the award ceremony and kind of talking to people and everything. It's just, it's always nice to be around people like-minded people like that, you know, and just, you got a great staff. You got, I just, I love everybody that you, you, you know, your core group. I, I just consider everybody, all those guys, close friends. So, and it's just, it's nice to go and see them. Um, and it was it was nice to it was nice to go to the, your match this time instead of us just kind of going to a match and shooting together. It was like, wow, this is really good, man. The stages were awesome. It was it was pretty solid. Like it was really solid, honestly. It was one of my favorite matches I've ever shot. Like I, well, I thought, we have the best oh, stage designer anywhere, and nobody can have him. Justin Corona is the man, and he he designed some very creative, like you said earlier, creative technical. There's always a challenge on each one, and each one of them is different. Justin is amazing in what he does. He designs our local matches, and if you ever come and shoot one of our local matches, it's a mini major because it, it's not just a hose fest when you walk up in there. It, it is a technical match. It's probably starting on an X somewhere, but at least. <laughs> not always. We don't always do that. Sometimes it's a stick. Sometimes, Sometimes it's a stick. It's, a it's stick. not an X. I don't have it. I I, I actually have it at the range because I am supposed to be using it. But they gave me an honorary T starting a start uh, where put your feet on the T. I got one of those as one of my prizes uh, because I give them so much shit about the four start positions that they constantly do at their matches. But again, it. and we talked about this before the. Uh, you know, I always crack jokes about how they always have these start positions. I said, but to me, the start positions are as long as they add value to the to the stages, then they're then you should have a start four start position. And every one of the four start positions really created such a great value. They gave more options because of the start positions. I've been to matches in Texas before that. I was like, what in the shit? This is the best we got. Like, this is it. Like, this is terrible start positions. Like, you know, uh, run and draw your gun and run in bounds. 
draw your gun, run in bounds. When I'm like, dude, if you moved us to the middle, we could go left, right, forward. Everybody ran to the same hole. It was just like, oh, another four start position. And it's just something about Texas. They love that starting on stick stuff. It's crazy. Like it's it's really weird because it's like almost feels like a regional thing. Like it's the state of Texas has to have a start position on a stick. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. No start anywhere. Okay. Uh it's it's just how it is. Not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 you did. No, you did. You had a couple of start anywhere. So that means just everybody go to the back left corner. It was awesome. It was, it was, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So it's still a start no, position. Yeah, I'm just kidding. You, you did, have to dude. put, go ahead, Todd. You have to put a start position in and call it the Tom Castro start position. Oh, trust me. They were going to. <laughs> no, you think I'm joking? They were going to name a stage after me, like Start Stick Tom or some shit. Was, yeah, exactly. They have to. Yeah. After all this yeah. bitching, you have yeah. to. It was gonna, yeah, bitching. That's what it is. It was, uh, no, it's just, it was just, it was like literally. They were like, "Dude, here's your honor." Like Scott, the nail straightener, brings me over. He's like, "Here, bro, this is for you." And he gave me one of those T-shaped metal pieces, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to use it." He goes, "I better see that next to your trophy." And I actually took a picture of my trophy at the match with it next to it because <laughs> it was it was a trophy. It was all beat to hell. They didn't even give me a new one. That's how much they love me. You know, a bunch of jerks. Whatever. So, <laughs> uh, so you got plenty of staff this year. Uh, where are you getting most of your staff? All your staff coming from close by, or are they out of state or traveling in? It's about a probably about a 60 40, 60 local, 40 traveling in. Todd, what's your what is your at your match, Todd? What is your staff? Most I'm of it's local right or far? Yeah. As you ask that, he doesn't, I would say probably about the same about 60 40 we got some people coming up from like michigan and stuff it's crazy like the rm jim kluge um lives in michigan but he's got family in anderson so they'll come down and see the family in anderson his wife will hang out with the grandkids and stuff and he'll spend the time on the range his favorite spot so <laughs> yeah andy's mom lives uh she doesn't live far from that range does she she lives in north carolina and yeah, she's. Uh, I grew up like twenty minutes from the Area Four matches in, uh, not Area Four, Area Six in South Okay. Area. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm like twenty minutes from there, and that was the first place that I ever shot a staff reset match. So it was just like that was totally new to me. Yeah, mine was Georgia. My first staff reset match. I didn't know what to do because I literally get off the stage, clean your mags because at this range you didn't have a choice not to clean your mags, and then you're moving to the next stage. You're like, what just happened here? <laughs> it was yeah. way different yep yep but yeah she's right there and that's where i grew up so i mean right yep there. that's cool all right so let's get into the dirty here and this is oh, uh nice. let's talk about it so this has been kind of bugging me a little bit uh so i wanted to do this podcast for this reason it's really been bugging me lately that some of the i'll just say it it's almost been like threats um, it's almost been threats that from shooters that are forcing their hand onto match directors. And it's not just these two gentlemen that are here. Uh, and uh, fortunately I have friends all over this country and I talk to a lot of match directors. Um, I talk to a lot of people who are friends with match directors and kind of get insights of what's going on. And, uh, one thing I'm not liking and I'm not, it's just not fair, <laughs> uh, is that People are calling up match directors and these two gentlemen, I'm sure have had this experience already. I don't know if they have, but 
They're making these comments. Uh, hey, I'm going to not come to your match. I'm going to drop out. I'm going to quit shooting your local. I'm going to stop doing this if you don't drop USPSA. So my, I'll just, I'll just kind of make a quick statement here, and then I'll let these guys kind of explain what they've had to deal with if they want to. Um, if not, then we don't have to talk about it. But my big issue right now is it's not the match director's fault that the board of directors sucks at what they're doing. The match directors bust their ass. They put in a lot of work and they do their best to try to please everyone. But the fact that the board of directors is in absolute turmoil is not these match directors faults. Uh, Andy kind of touched on it a little bit earlier about, you know, this, the people that he's got coming to the match and, and all this different stuff. And, you know, the board of directors doesn't pay for anything. The USPSA didn't pay for anything. He bought a old, he spent all of his budget last year on material buying things. First time match director, first time giant, big ass match, got 200 plus shooters coming to it. Got all these sponsors, probably more sponsors than anywhere else, but the South Carolina section, he ain't beating that. No, sir. 338. Don't say 200. Sorry, sorry. 338. Get it right. 200 plus. 200 plus. Come on now. They had 50 shooters. Don't let him lie to you. It was all in stats. But they didn't pay for anything. Andy paid for all of it. Todd's paying for all of it. These guys are paying for all of this stuff themselves out of their crew, their group. These guys are earning money throughout the year to buy all this equipment. And then it's insulting to call someone up or email someone and say, hey, screw you. If you don't do what I want, we're not coming to your match. When you are the exact reason that these guys don't have any money in their budget because they bought waterproof targets. They paid for extra staff. They have more food and water and vendors and sponsors and prizes and big trophies. Huh? Look at this. Not a shitty plaque. I wonder what match I got this from. Not a oh, crappy geez. plaque. Do you know what these cost? <laughs> They're not $7 boys and girls. No. So, and I actually didn't even plan that. That just happened to be sitting right next to me. Look at there. You guys have to understand that, well, one, there's a way to say something or ask for something, but don't threaten to not come to the match. Just say, hey, guys, like, look, this is my stance. This is what I believe in. I'm not going to be able to make the match. Please let me know if you're going to switch or whatever. But to stand there and threaten, <laughs> yeah. oh, boy, right. as far as I was concerned, you would get your money back. You wouldn't have to worry about coming to my match. You wouldn't be invited. Yep. That's I just know. Go ahead, Todd. What are you guys dealing with? I was going to say, I know Andy's is a little different because he's got the Area 4 turmoil going on with everything going on here. Wait, wait, what, what, what's that? Andy. What are you talking about, Todd? I don't know anything keep about Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but mine is when it in waves where when they removed Scott, everybody was pissed off. But not, I mean, there was somewhat a movement, but it wasn't anything compared to after the Monday night ordeal of the first telecast or live cast whatever you want to call it board meeting i mean i talked to people for hours and during that and i was texting tom during it i'm like what the fuck i was questioning everything i did at that point and i know everybody else that i was talking to was and i was just like i'm gonna wait to make any decisions and on a, it was the section match was always going to be a tier two match no matter what and the reason for that for me is I advertise it to sponsors, staff, and shooters, sold it out before anything ever happened. So to my mind, 
I had to stick with what I did. And the section match, no matter what it is, was going to stay that tier two match. Um, and then the local, we're still deciding if we're going to run a hit factor along a USPSA match to let people protest or not. We're still deciding that that's on the table, but we're not sure what we're doing with that yet. But the section was there and I've got nobody luckily has threatened to quit. They just said, hey, if you're going to keep it this way, I can't do that. And I'm like, I totally respect it. And I haven't had anybody try to hold it over my head or anything. They're like, and they even said it. They're like, we know you got a waiting list. We know it's not going to hurt you. But when we drop, I can't do it. And I'm like, I get it, but I don't see, I don't also understand that either because to me it's uspsa is the rule set and the people that do it what makes uspsa is what we're doing right here it's not the rules it's not the board of directors it's the guys that i go out there lifelong friendships with guys that don't even shoot anymore tom's got them i'm sure you got them too that it's all about the brotherhood doing stuff on the range helping each other out and helping out and all that it's more than the board of directors to me and i i respect the people that have protested um and everything and i i want to say even if the match wasn't sold out i want it to be um i wouldn't waver from it and it's been tough because i've got some pretty big names in the local area had, that have withdrawn because of their beliefs and i respect that and i've also got some people and everybody's been respectful here but i also don't have to agree with it but that's their choice too. So, but it has been tough because I've had many, many conversations with some of the core guys. And it, what it boils down to for me, I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. So I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand on my morals and do what I think is right. Because so no matter what that... I do, somebody's going to be maybe not pissed off because I haven't had those conversations, but somebody's not going to agree with me and take their own stand. And that's, I hate that that's the one thing I hate about what's happening in this sport right now is because of the division, the board of directors has inadvertently put out there and causing everybody to go through and making people take the stands. And I get it. I've taken the stand. We're discussing what we're going to do at the local level. If we're going to run a hit factor and a USPSA match and you choose which one you shoot. We're, we're debating that. I've talked to you about that, Andy, if we're going to do that or not, mm -hmm. but it's, it's about the brotherhood to me, and it's more than that. And there's a podcast that dropped yesterday um, with Frank Rizzi and Joe Park and um, Scott was on it. And that's literally what um, Frank echoed at the end of it, too. It's just, this is better than it. And he said, hey, we're going to get better. It's going to get better. The board of directors is going to change over this year. Hopefully, it'll change for the best. You never know when that happens. Because you could get somebody worse than what the person going out in is, but it's a change. So you always hope for the best with the change. Sorry, I talked a lot. You go, Andy. Yeah, Jesus, thank God. <laughs> I talk a lot. So real quick before Andy goes, Todd, uh, dude, we've talked about this a hundred times. Uh, we are great friends. We talk all the time, even beyond when we're not working this match thing together. Even though it's your match, and I, I, you know, I'm underneath you if I'm lucky. You, you have the vendor rattle. <laughs> so, so lucky. Lu I'm so lucky to have my name on that. Um, Todd, the one thing that I have disagreed with Todd from the very beginning is I felt like we should have made this move to a hit factor match right away when they pulled this. Um, 
They have, this isn't something new. This has been going on for a long time. This is stuff that I've been talking about a little bit at a time. It's gotten a lot worse, obviously. Um, and I instantly emotionally went straight to this is bullshit. Let's go to hit factor. Screw those guys. And then thank God Todd gave it some time. And this is one of the things I love about Todd is he doesn't just immediately jump to it. He waits for a minute, kind of thinks about it. And then, and I talked about this on episode two and three of our podcast that we did for three hours of our last one was that you have to understand that you cannot respond to these things emotionally because everybody's pissed. Everybody's mad. But at the end of the day, this sport is not the board of directors. It never has been and never will be. This sport is all of us on the ground, putting the nails in the ground, putting the walls up, putting things up, putting things away, buying the shit, going to the store, spending all of this money that could easily be put into a bank account and saved and never have to be worried about. Yeah. But instead we go out and buy this shit for no reason, extra swingers, new swingers, more steel, da -da -da -da, all these different things that we don't have to do. That's not the board of directors. That's us as match. Well, sorry. That's Todd as the match director, <laughs> Andy, the match director, right? That's what, that's what it's about. So to sit there and actually punish the grassroots, the guys that are on the ground, it's not fair. It's not right. You should absolutely not be doing that. You, you have to understand guys that at the end of the day, all we're doing is hurting ourselves. We're hurting the guys that put on the local matches. We're hurting the guys that are doing the work. Like our match is a good Todd's match is a good example, right? It's a great Our match. That match, <laughs> that match has 13 vendors because of Todd. Not me. 13 vendors oh, are coming please. to that match because of Todd, because it's his match. So I've never claimed vendor row, so don't even start that whole It's amazing. Now he's just being an asshole. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's amazing like, to me. <laughs> so and Tom, I was trying I've always, to talk some shit and you would stop me. That's yeah, really cool. All right, Andy, go. <laughs> so December before Andy goes, December 23rd, I talked to three different area directors. And the one thing I pushed the whole time while I'm pissed off at him is letting Tom do vendor row for him. And I gave him all his phone number. And none of them called him. Oh, oh. dude, uh, my last post, I got a phone call from an area director that everybody <laughs> uh, because no, I, I, there's going to be one calling of them out that'll be I was calling out cheaters in California and uh, I got the I got that phone call from the one that everybody hates. So I haven't answered yet. Well, I haven't answered. I'm I I don't I'm not trying to get anybody kicked out. I'm not that guy. They tried to kick me out once before, and uh, I will never ever ever try to get somebody kicked out of the sport. I don't care how much I hate them or dislike them or how much they cheat, because um, everybody <laughs> else everybody else will run them out. The USPSA <laughs> isn't going to have to do it. The people in the sport will run them out. Hopefully, if they grow a sack and start doing what they're supposed to do and call these cheaters out for what they do. Uh, but you I know, saw your 10 minute rant. <laughs> I felt like, I felt I like three. it needed to be said. No. Yep. Okay. So I guess it wasn't I call Jim out all the time when he calls a mic a double. <laughs> well, first of all, he's left-handed, wrong-handed. He can't see he's old, got broken bones. This guy's, you know, it's not his fault. So poor guy. But yeah, I mean, back to our, back to the topic that we were on. Um, Monday night sucked. I sat there and watched that and I was like, what in the world is going on? And I would have never in my life imagined what my Tuesday was going to be like. Oh my God. 
Tuesday was, I could hardly do any work because of the emails that were coming in, the text messages that were coming in, the Facebook messages that were coming in, and everything that was coming in. And it was just like, I was getting bombarded by it. And it was, it was almost overwhelming. I called Jim and I was like, we've got to do something. And I used the exact words that Todd just said. We're going to be damned if we do and damned if we don't. If we, if we change to a different organization, we're going to lose shooters. If we stay, we're going to lose shooters. We're, we're going to lose either way. And, and it sucks. And we've tried to come together as a club. A lot of shooters don't realize that, hey, I'm not the sole decision maker. I may be the match director, but I'm not the sole mm -hmm. decision maker of what goes on on that match. There's a club behind that match, and each one of those club members has a voice, and they get a, they get a voice in this too. They get an, an option of what they want to do. If they want to stay with USPSA, if they want to change to a hit factor or to a, a PCSL or whatever we're going to shoot, uh, and we're still trying to make that decision. And it's a tough decision because we know that we're going to lose shooters either way. And like you said – we do this for the shooters. Uh, trust me, if, if if we were doing this for us, we wouldn't do it because it's a lot of hard work. Uh, there's a lot of lot of time spent. There's a lot of time spent away from home. Uh, hell, we stayed out there. There were a couple because for me to get to the range, it's it's almost 65 miles one way, and oh, I wasn't driving back and forth. So we we stayed out there, and so for a week, I lived at the range. And, and it's, so it's a lot of time involved and there's, there's a lot that goes into it. So there's a lot of decisions that have to be made, uh, for us, for this match and uh, for us as a club of what we're going to do. So we haven't made that final yep. decision yet, but we're still working on it. And I talked to Todd a lot, just FYI. Just so yeah, we know. talked. And that's <laughs> one of the cool things about between Gary McConnell and Tom, they've, shared my name with other match directors, other first-time ones. And this was the first year after the last match that other match directors that were just starting out were reaching out to me. Mm -hmm. And it's, to me, it's very cool to be able to share that knowledge and help, hopefully help people overcome or not have some of the issues that we had in our first few ones because we've done it. And it's just, I love doing that. And I think it was Gary's like, do you mind sharing? I'm like, of course not. I was like, I love sharing and i love doing it and it, to me it's just a compliment on how well not me because i know i joke it's my match and that but it's not it's the guys match that do it and me like you i go i don't make okay i make the decisions but i listen to people before i make the decisions mm -hmm. so on everything and i'll talk to the guys what do you guys think about this what do you think about that and it's we're going to stay USPSA. We might run hit factor alongside it just for those people that want to, but in area four, I'd say USPSA because you've got that vote coming up and you want to pick who's coming in. At least keep your membership if no matter what. So, cause you guys can really affect area two, area four, area five, potentially area three and area one. Stay, keep that membership. As we all know, if it laps, you can't do shit with it. Yeah, and that's what, <laughs> but this is, and that's what people don't understand is, yeah, staying a member. Yes, I understand the issue. Listen, I have the same standards and values that ninety nine percent of these people that are complaining or that are making their stand. I, I, I'm with you. I am a hundred percent with you. But if you drop your membership, 
you do nothing but take away your voice. Yes, I understand your vote doesn't seem like it counts. I I 100% agree. Yep. I 100%. I'm just as mad and irritated and frustrated as all of you. But the only way to make the change is to stay in the fight and make the change. The more you run from these guys is the more they get to do whatever they want. Remember, remember when everybody wasn't involved and no one paid attention and no one gave a shit? Well, now what's going on? Now everybody's starting to pay attention and argue and fight and all together. But you don't do that not as a USPSA member. Don't get me wrong. I can't stand the way they spend our money. I'm with you. They're just like the United States of America government. They're the same shit. Guess what, guys? People run it. What a surprise. You thought it was going to be different? Nope. They spend our money because they don't have any skin in the game. If they spend our money, they're not losing their own money. That's why it sucks when you have one of these organizations like this because they don't lose anything if it goes under. It's just like, oh, oops, whoop, whoopsie, lost all the money. Let's, you know, let's just raise the rates. <laughs> this is the issues, guys. You got to stay in the fight. It's not the match director's fault. I understand you guys might not agree. You might not like it, but especially the top guys understand that all you're doing when you walk away from your matches is hurt the guys that are busting their ass on the ground, period. That, that's what's going on. You're hurting their match. You're hurting their clubs. That And their clubs are actually the only reason USPSA even freaking exists at this point, period. Yeah. It's the only reason they exist. And I've voiced my opinion. I mean, I'll never hear from them, but I sent the board of directors an email, and I fired, I mean, Tuesday night because I – I had gotten all of that Tuesday and oh. I fired him an email and I was like, Hey, I don't think you guys realize what, what is happening. What you just did. <laughs> and this is, this is the ramification of what you guys are doing is affecting the local clubs. And, and I even, I figured out how much money we paid them. We're, we're a young club. We've only been in existence like three, three and a half years. So I figured out how much money we've paid in, in USPSA dues. It's not a lot, but it's still, Hey, it's money that's coming to you. And it's like, all right, we need y'all need to figure this shit out. Yep. I mean, hundred percent. And you'll never hear from them, but well, and I, I think mine was a little different because it wasn't quite as much of a dumpster fire when I sent my email. It was like December twenty second, twenty third in there. But I did get a call from Layton, and I did get a call from Frank Rizzi, and I did talk to Russell Fortney that day for that. Um, but like I said, they were, I know they were still getting emails because they all said that when I talked to them, but it wasn't quite the dumpster fire that it was that Tuesday night. So, mm -hmm. um, and reach, I'll give you Rizzy's number if you want it offline. No, but seriously, <laughs> because he's running the committee to nominate area four and he needs to hear from people like you. Mm -hmm. So he's running that committee and reach out to him and just say, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about this. And he'll be more than happy to, right? He's a New Yorker, very direct, very easy to talk to. So hey, what, what's your what's your section coordinator right now? Do you have one? Uh, Andy? Who? Yeah, Andy. No, Mel, our, our section coordinator? Yeah, yeah. Danny Garza? Danny? Mm -hmm. Yeah, reach out to him too because Frank and that committee are definitely going to be talking to Danny. Yeah, that, I don't think people realize how important that section coordinator is. That that's their uh, that's their true point of contact. Yep. Um, if you have an issue, you call that guy. You call that person because um, that you know you got to remember the section coordinators also. They do they? I think their budget they make like a million dollars a year for doing that. 
Okay. <laughs> I think we've covered how much I make at this a job. Non, a non <laughs> a non paid position to catch all your guys' shit and drama. I love it. It's yeah. uh, it's so awesome. But yeah, but again, it's important to have those people. So, uh, I just I would just like to see again. It's just my opinion. Just like everything else, everyone has one. I would just love to see. And less reaction and more like thought process of what these actions are actually going to cost us in the long run. This is everyone. Unfortunately, our sport has been turned into the board of directors, the board of directors, the board of directors, but it has not. Those guys are just people that are sitting in those positions that can get taken out immediately. Uh, obviously it doesn't matter if you've been voted in or not, you're going to get the ax if they don't want you in there. Um, but there's a lot of answers to the problems that we have right now that don't have to do with them. Uh, this, this, I'm a big fan of hit factor too. I'm not going to lie. I, I just, I do think it's the right answer for now until they get it together. But uh, for both of you, whatever decisions you make, Andy, good luck, bro. I hope you uh, don't have a whole lot of issues one way or the other. I hope everybody just understands and watches this podcast and understands how much work it takes to put into that match. And, Todd, your match um, is <laughs> is, dude, I'm glad you stuck with your – I'm glad you stuck with it, dude, honestly, because I we've talked about this. I, I – I was the first phone call, I think, after you texted me, and I was like, bro, bullshit, let's 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 change it up right now. And you were like, look, man, I advertised it as this. And I immediately, as soon as you said, I advertised it at this, I was like, you're right. You did. You didn't advertise this as a hit factor match. You didn't advertise, advertise this as an outlaw match, a PCSM. It was a straight-up level two USPSA match from the very beginning. It's not the fault of the match director or the match that USPSA has done this. It's not, it's no. not so that don't punish the matches that are sticking to, to it. And honestly, like it really kind of makes me laugh when people get pissed and they're talking about hit factor matches, but, and they all, they all kind of shit on this guy when he, when he said he's going to stick it out was when Ben Barry said, listen, I'm going to take a different tact here. I'm going to fight from the inside out and uh, hmm. it worked. It's worked so far. Yeah. So you should probably take heed at that on that and listen to what he's saying. You fight from the inside out. You can't fight from outside the chain link fence, boys and girls. You got to be in that gate and you got to fight yeah. it out inside. Cause if you don't, you definitely don't have a, you don't have it anymore. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. And that's for sure. And Ben, I mean, I've had conversations with Ben, but not real conversations up until he was elected and, getting ready to take office and after the december 23rd day when i spent 10 hours on a day i talked to him and you men both on that day too and they were both very receptive and very appreciative of it. and i knew i was rambling because i think i've said this before they were both like what do you want us to do todd <laughs> i mean it's it's, it's got to be hard it's got to yeah. be hard on them uh, i I, yep. I was had a chance to have dinner with ye men at um the shot show this year, I sat down with him and, and, and actually the Ipsit guys. Um, I couldn't imagine being in that job. I honestly no. can't, I can't imagine being in that job. Uh, you, you have a gentleman in Yee Min that is actually pretty nice, right? He's a pretty yeah. nice guy and he really doesn't want to be a dick. He just doesn't, he's just not, I mean, I'm pretty sure he can be, but he really doesn't want to be. And you can tell, but just the way he kind of wants to let the meeting kind of just let everybody have their word. But I, I'll tell you, man, after Wednesday, I was pretty proud to see. And I, I'm going to tell you, I didn't watch the meeting. I have really good friends in Todd and some of these other guys that just send me the cliff notes. 
and really all I need to know. And uh, like, I remember Frank's out, Frank's in, Frank's out, Frank's in. We don't know. I was like, what the hell is, why is Frank getting kicked out now? What did he do? Six days of lapsed membership. I was like, get him out of there. He's a piece (laughs) of crap. Like what in the shit is going on? Like, I I don't know, man. I just, at this point, it's not even worth my time to worry about it because I would much rather worry about guys like Andy and Todd and their matches and how they do things and, and put the work in there. Right. And go check out their matches and support their matches. No matter what they decide to do. It's, it's, it's not about the board of directors is about the people that I love and the people I like to be around. And I'd rather support their match than to fight and argue over the board of directors, which doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they listen. (laughs) So hopefully it's changing. Uh, I don't know if they have much of a choice now. I mean, everybody's really pissed, and it's good to see. About time everybody woke up to it. Yeah, bro, I think if you I, – I hate to say this out loud, but I think if you talk to Area 2 at this point, you could be uh, you could be used against you in a court of law, <laughs> which is uh, the USPSA. So I'm just saying it's – you know, after um, – I will say this, and I don't really talk about Ben too much, uh, Ben Steger, but – He's pretty vindicated right now, dude. There's a lot of stuff that that guy has been uh, pretty pissed off about. And uh, he's been saying a lot of this stuff. And guess what? He's pretty, he's been pretty much on the point. Um, I don't, I don't always like his delivery. I don't think a lot of people like his delivery, but the message can't be lost. It is. He's pretty much on point with the way things are going right now. So hopefully we see a change. I I just, I hope it changes from the inside and we don't, I, I, it's just crazy to me that people are like, oh, we need to start a new league and this and that. I'm like, man, we have, I've put five years into this sport, USPSA in general, running matches. And to just see that get thrown away would just suck. It would just suck. Yep. It's frustrating. For a lot of people, I think. Yeah. It's frustrating, man. It's, uh, it's just, I love USPSA. I love the rule set. I love the people of this sport. I love the style of this sport. Um, I love everything about USPSA, but the way the board of directors does shit. And honestly, they don't really affect my life yet. <laughs> oh, but obviously uh, they do you know? because we're having this conversation. Yeah. If well, you were a match just, director, if you were a match director of your match, then you yes. would be more affected by it. That probably. is very true. I, I see yeah. I'm not affected because I'm not a match director <laughs> of any matches. So it's it works good. Um, Todd's the match director of the match, so it works out really, really good. I don't have to, you know, worry I'm about it. I'm glad you it's finally awesome. understand that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, <laughs> dude, it's been that's why I said the board of directors doesn't really bother me because I don't do shit. I just kind of step back and just bring you guys onto the podcast and talk about how awesome your matches are. And uh, that's it. It's really awesome. It's it's solid. It's really solid. So, but uh, listen, guys, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I love the sport, man. And I think I, it's so nice to see that everybody's kind of starting to get joined together because where are the real people, where everything's going to change really is with us. Right. I mean, it's obvious, like at this point, somebody's got to be paying attention because they're not going to financially make it for long. And all the people mm-hmm. that are kind of making some of these decisions on the background, they probably want to worry about that paycheck coming up to be very short, very soon. Um, so I, I hope people are paying attention again. I hate even talking about this, but it's something that's been really bothering me lately talking to match directors and hearing some of these emails and some of the conversations where it's kind of a threat. Like, Hey, if you don't change, we're not coming. Don't be like that, man. Don't be like that. It's not the guy's fault. That's running the match. It's not the match director's fault that the board of directors is jacking this shit up. You know, just understand that 
you got to make your decision as a shooter, as a person, you have to stand by your standards and your morals. I stand behind Todd, even though I'm not, I'm not important in his match, but I stand behind <laughs> oh. Todd because it's the right decision, man. You advertise this as a air, a level two USPSA match. And I'm proud of you for sticking to your guns, bro. And, and I said this before, Todd never does it for himself. He's always asked everybody else, ask the area directors. No, just kidding. Didn't ask that. Ask all the other match directors that are around him locally about the local matches. He talks to his club, the, 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 and also the Belton range, everything. He has to bring all of that in for a decision. So for the fact that somebody would come in and expect it to just be an easy, bam, it's a hit factor match. It doesn't work like that for 99% of the clubs. It doesn't work like that. It would be nice, but it doesn't always work like that. Yep. So, but yep. all right, guys, you got anything else you want to say? Just say goodbye to the folks. To the our match may be full, but our match is not full. <laughs> Primary Arms Space City Challenge, June 7th through the 9th. Still spots. Come on. Come to Texas. How many spots do you have left? Do you know? Ooh. You know, if you had a match director that dealt with sponsors, you probably would have had that match sold out already. <laughs> wow. Wait, why don't you, hey, Tom, why don't you go run Bender Royal? I probably should since I'm not running it in any other match. So I probably yeah. don't. <laughs> I said, yeah, 147 spots left. I have never touched Bender Royal. You got 147 spots left? Yeah, but we're shooting for 400 this year, 420 ish this, this wow. year. Wow. You're jumping oh, it up shit. pretty big. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we were 338 last year and we're looking to add another hundred to it. So I hope, and I promise you guys that I hope you go to that match. I really do this. I didn't bring Andy on really to, to pimp his match, but I do love it. I really, but really, I'm going really, to, you should. <laughs> you should. I was super happy about that match. That match was awesome. I really, really, really enjoyed that match. It was one of the best matches I've ever been to. Uh, the stages had so much variety. It, it was pretty awesome. Um, and, and I hope some of the top shooters, well, you guys stay out. I want to win a couple more trophies there, but uh, <laughs> uh, I want you guys to really, really check this thing out. I honestly think that it's Dragon's Cup type of uh, of match. It's really that good. It, it really was. It was really, really awesome. It To me, I'm surprised it hasn't sold out already because I put it on one of my top matches for sure. Actually, I'll tell you how much and how good I think this match is. I'm skipping Area 8 because of this match. It's on the same weekend. So I'm skipping an area match to go to their match, not just because we're friends, but because it was that good. Um, definitely, definitely highly 100% recommend that match. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Cause um, so don't screw it up. Don't make me look like I was an about idiot. to say now the damn pressure's on. I can make myself look like an idiot, but I don't need you to help. So just do <laughs> Hey Andy, you gonna let him run Bender Row? No. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I don't Why want not? to. Yeah. He, he's never even he doesn't even think i can do it i don't do it at your match obviously i'm, I'm nothing oh, he's just there to shoot and look pretty oh well <laughs> he can't do either good <laughs> well listen if you keep asking some of these guys on the internet i need to take a class that's all i can tell you <laughs> i keep getting these guys on here telling me i need to take classes i feel like i'm I must need to. I suck, obviously, since everyone knows I need to work on stuff. So I appreciate you guys for doing that for me. Um, I actually would like to take some classes. Uh, I really do suck, I guess. So uh, it is what it is. But um, all right, guys, Todd, you got anything? I'm good. I'm out. Um, thanks, everybody, for the support. 
Um, that's all I can really say. Keep your memberships. I'm not plugging USPSA, but especially if you're in one of the five areas that there's an upcoming election, keep that so you have your voice. And if you don't like it after that, get out. But this is the year in those five areas that you got to stay and you got to fight. You got to stick up for whatever candidates you want to, because literally in a year, USPSA board of directors is a hundred percent different. Yeah. yeah, we're at a different time, man. This is the first time ever that I've, uh, well, I guess probably the first time ever I actually paid attention to the board of directors. Oh, it's, it's the they first put, time ever they're going to put a whole new board in there since I've been here. Well, and they do it strategically for a reason, two, two per year rotating in and out so you don't have this, but you've got people getting kicked out. You've got people quitting. You've got people just, yeah, two people just said, I'm done because it wasn't fun for them anymore or whatever the reasons were. You had the two up for election and potentially one got kicked out. So I'm so glad Mel left, man. I I really am not because of the board of directors thing, but if you lose your passion for this sport, what a miserable yep. effing life that would be that dude. The first thing I did was comment. I made a story about it. Like, man, I'm so glad that he quit just so he could find his passion for the sport. It's nothing personal. I actually don't have a problem with Mel at all, but I also don't live in area four. So it doesn't matter to me, but I like Mel. I thought Mel's always been good to me. And that's the way I judge people. If you're good to me, I'm going to be good to you. And I'm glad he quit, man. Not for anything other reason and just to find your passion for this sport. That guy's one of the most dedicated shooters I know. He travels all over this country shooting matches. I see him all the time, and it really sucks. The world. Yes, it really sucks when you are being bombarded and hammered on all ends when you're kind of just still a stupid-ass volunteer, right? We're just volunteers. They're still volunteers. Whether you like it or not, they're still volunteers. I don't see a lot of these people running their yaps, volunteering for shit. You don't straighten nails. You don't hammer nails. You don't put up walls. You don't run matches. You don't staple targets. Shit, you barely even paste. But screw everybody that's in the board of directors. But welcome to USPSA, baby. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, I fucking forgot now. Good. It wasn't important. No, actually, no, there's, I, I remember what I was going to say now. There's only one range that has a nail straightener that I've ever heard of. That's A&B's. <laughs> Got right. You're the man. Nail straightener extraordinary. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm deleting all of that except for that part. Fucking Make sure dumb. Scott hears that. You I'm know going you're gonna to, hear I'm, that. I'm to keep that part only. <laughs> Nail straightener extraordinary. He's got his own vice. I had a really good ending to this podcast, but Todd interrupted me again <laughs> because he's the match director and I'm not. So if you guys have any questions, hit me up in those comments and I'll see you on the range. <laughs> Dummy. That was a perfect ending too. And you fucked it up. <laughs>